Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey listeners, remember me? It's Please Don't Kick Me Out, the only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. And I have really taken a step back and looked at my podcast. I cannot believe it's been two years. I know it's been a bit since I've posted an episode, but there is reasoning behind it. Mental health, I'm such a huge proponent of that. And that is why I will be posting my friend January's interview today where we talk about mental health um, and imposter syndrome and all of that. But I just wanted to highlight my own. Um, You know, I knew that moving was going to be difficult and I knew that reintegrating after my husband got back from deployment was going to be difficult. Um, I just didn't know how difficult that was going to be for me. And so I needed some time to reestablish where I'm at, who I am, what this new chapter looks like. And I appreciate everyone being so kind during that. Um, I'm sorry if I haven't responded. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next here for Please Don't Kick Me Out. But the point remains is that I do have some interviews in my hopper that I am going to be releasing. uh, And I appreciate your guys' patience. So for today, please enjoy January's interview. And I will catch you on the flippy flop. so excited. How's it going? As my listeners, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. We're low budget. We're going to hear Borks. We're going to hear all those things. They heard me. They heard me start my podcast and they were absolutely not. (laughs) Hey, which one is that? (laughs) Well, Jackson's the one barking, but Killian's up here just growling. (laughs) Uh, to my listeners, of course, please don't kick me out. The only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. And uh, today I am joined by a dear friend of mine, someone I've been friends with at this point for over three, almost four years, my friend, January. And I am so excited to have her finally uh, because she is a person that I, we, I think we've both gone through a journey. And so I'm excited to have her today. So January, Thank you for making time in your schedule. I mean, I've tried to schedule it so many times, I know, but um, yeah. Do you want to give like the overview of like who you are, what you do, et cetera? So I am a 31 year old divorcee from the military. I am a front office coordinator for an oral surgery office. I've been there about a year now. Um, mostly my job centers around customer service. That's kind of just what I do. Um, I am a dog mom of three and a cat mom of one. And I just, I'm living my life doing what I need to do to get through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I normally like don't have a story of how I've met my guests. Usually I'm meeting them for the first time, but January and I met in 2018. I think I've been married. I was married at that point. I think. I no, you weren't married yet. You had just like gone on the first oh. date with him and like, 
were like, you were like, I'm marrying this man. Like you had told me, he's like, he's in the Navy. I'm marrying him. Like, had I met you before I met him? No, you had, like I said, you had gone on your, like, your first oh, date okay. with him. Wow. Like maybe the night before. It was like really soon after you had <laughs> met him the first time. The funniest part is that I do not remember that. But also like <laughs> I almost died a month ago, so it's fine. Which is hilarious uh, because there are big chunks of time in the last three years that I don't remember either. But for right? some reason, okay. I can't remember okay. that so, specific thing. So we both downloaded this app called Bumble. Well, the derivative, the friendship derivative of Bumble, which is, it's, I mean, I've met some people. Mm-hmm. I don't, I the only one I talk to anymore. Yeah, I can <laughs> only count, I can only count on my hand, like grand total, like three or four people, but January is the one I'm probably closest with in terms of the fact that we talk like just about every week or, or whatever, but it's a kind of that unwritten, unspoken rule. And you happen to be, um, so we went to Punchbowl Social in Denver, which was the new, the new, which doesn't exist today. anymore. The one there, the, um, stand at the Stanley doesn't, it's gone. Yeah. So we, uh, we, we met there and I think we were both kind of like cars to chest. Like, what do we, you know, like, how do we, how do you do this? How do you make friends as an adult? (laughs) And then we just kind of kept in touch, kept in touch, kept in touch. And so she kind of saw me go through my dating and then marrying Scott. And then ultimately, um, you know, us moving and like, was there like at her going away and everything. Um, but I really always valued um, January's opinion on things because I was on a short duty for my listeners who aren't familiar with military. It's like I was going through this thing where I like had a very far away length of like what military could be in January. I had already gone through like deployments and all of that and health and 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 all of that. So it was a really good friendship that um, you know ultimately when she herself came out on the other side of of her um, marriage, we were still there because we were always team January. So it didn't matter uh, for <laughs> us. And, and also, um, you know, we, before we even press recording, we were kind of talking about it that like both you and I like don't really regret the things that we've gone through in terms of it made us who we are. And that's like something to always celebrate. Right. Like it's, oh, it's part of your journey. If you can't accept the fact that your past is your past and that's what made you who you are, then I think you need to kind of reevaluate yeah. what's going on there because you can't you can't be upset about what you've gone through, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, whatever. You can't you have to just accept it and move yeah. forward. You can't yeah. you can't use that as a crutch. You can't yeah. use that to drag you down. Yeah. And that's and I think of, the only the best way yeah. to do that is just to be like, you know what? That's that was me for a minute. And that yeah. sucks, but we're not there anymore. Right. And now we were just talking about how like the people that met each other at that, at the punch bowl, like are different, like we're, oh, we're yeah. still yeah, us, yeah. but like we were different. And like, there's almost like this, uh, we had this mutual understanding when we met and we just kept that thread going mm-hmm. of kind of, uh, just understood each other in, in ways that, um, you know, are very special. And at the time, I don't think I realized that that was military spouse to military spouse. Cause I was always meeting everyone in the wardroom at my husband's command, because it was joint billet, like everyone I would meet would be like, they were on like on their sunset tour, getting ready to retire. Their kids were like in high school nearby. Well, Scott's yeah. also an officer where Jake was enlisted. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. That's a I wasn't with him. Yeah, I wasn't with him when he was enlisted. So I didn't really see it. And then I got to the new command. I was like, this, what? But 
you were you always checked in on me because I was like this sucks but also yeah. like add a pandemic to it and it was just oof. but yeah. you know we got I got through it we're here now I'm in Hawaii now and which is which is great and it took a long time like because and you prepared me the best I think out of anyone you were like there are going to be times where you are just gonna hate it and he's gonna hate it and it's gonna be awful but it took Cause we moved the second he got back from deployment. Right. Like basically. you didn't really have any time to settle no. anywhere really. Right. You, you left San Diego, you went to New Rhode Island and then yeah. like you were there for like, what, like a month. And then you were like immediately back to yeah. Hawaii. And it was like, you never really got to catch your breath. And that just yes. does not help in that. No, no. And then like, there's also something to be said too, about like when you're moving like that, like, so like basically like, when I got laid off in March of 2020 and then Scott was like underway and I was going through the pandemic, like going to the store, everything was missing. And then he's meanwhile on a ship and they're like, cut your uniforms and wear masks. And then they were like, don't, you know, interact with anyone. So it was like kind of weird. Cause I always felt like I was going through the pandemic differently because they were preparing for deployment. And we had bought a house in September of 2019 and we were working on the renovations of that. And I remember we bought the house and we we're thinking like, let's not, Let's not fill it with furniture because we know we're probably going to move again. San Diego wouldn't make sense for, for his career. So we were like, you know what? Like, we'll, we'll just keep it where it's at. But then I got laid off and then I was in the house 24 seven, which no one right. could have predicted. Yeah. And so like the house, as he was gone, like became more and more of a place that we could spend together, but he was trying to get back sooner, right. but they just were like, nah. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I mean, and mean, that's like, whatever, but you know, you know, they, like the military just has no, no regard for oh, yeah. that side of it. Like, they're just like, well, we have them now. So we're going to just keep them until. Yeah, have- exactly. And it's, and it's a frustration that like, as I was sat on the family readiness group that we headed up, that I would have to sit there and decompartmentalize like my relationship, put it in the back burner and like care for everyone else. So it was really weird when we started moving and I was like seeing things with very clear eyes of like, whoa, like maybe that person was really toxic. That was a friend of mine. And it reminds me of like what happened in my family. And then like that kicked open like Pandora's box of what we thought was PTSD, my therapist and stuff, which it probably and probably very validly what is and still is. Um, But basically I had like a bunch of um, like an adjustment disorder, which with therapy over time would have been talked through and I would have gotten through it a lot quicker, but I didn't have the tools because like I got to Hawaii and I needed medication. So I started with a doctor and then that doctor I followed up with, but then they were like, figure out your own therapist. And I was like, um, okay. And then I, and so it was like this weird back kind of circly thing, but now based on um, today at the time of recording, Yesterday was the first time I finally was able to find continuation of care near me that actually listened. And now I'm like on the right track and do have a psychiatric uh, referral, which is great. But I am on TRICARE Select versus Prime, which for my listeners who don't understand what that means, it's basically Select allows you as long as they're in network and they take TRICARE Select, you can go without a referral. And with Prime, it is kind of like an HMO uh, or that I mean, HMO yeah. necessarily, but like, yeah, you kind of have kind to like- Same, have, like yeah. you have to be in their approved- Seriously? Yeah. You have to be in their approved doctor list, basically. Right, right. So that's where we're at. Um, did get a flu shot. But but we're here. So right. 
So um, releasing this in November is because uh, while I tell stories of whatever you might call happy marriages, I also want to give the other perspective of someone who, um, you know, went through it and came out stronger on the other side. So that is exactly why I've got January on here. Plus not to mention she's dope as hell and <laughs> uh, one of the coolest people I know and uh, champions me along the way and everyone needs a friend like January. So I'm stoked. I'm so glad to be here. Like I've been really, really excited to do I this. And, like, I was super bummed when we had to keep like rescheduling. And I was like, I really, I'd like, I hope I'm like, in my brain, I'm going, I hope she doesn't think that I'm not trying to no, do I, this. No, I'm like, we're traveling and, and oh like living gosh, your life. Especially like this last two weeks have just been like absolute nightmare fuel. Like <laughs> I'm so just happy to be home and yeah. surrounded by my animals and, you know, they won't let me go. I have all three of the, all three dogs are sitting on me right now. They're like, you may never leave again, mama. They're like, you left for so long. Please don't ever do that again. Which is hilarious because then I'm leaving again on Friday to go to Ohio for a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> okay, you're not, you're not bringing them, yeah. So yeah, it's and, funny. And yeah. I'm going to smell like they're, I'm going to smell like mammals. Oh yeah. So, so they're going to like, be like, cool things. <laughs> yeah. So yesterday, well, you know, over the last few weeks, cause like Bourdain and I like were together, like my dog Bourdain, like ever since I got him, like yeah. maybe grand total, like he has not been apart from me. Like I'm about to leave, I'm about to travel this week right? and I'll be gone for a while. And Scott's got him and I'm not worried about that, right. but like, I have, maybe it's me. Like I know Bourdain's like very, very attached, but also he's medical alert. So he is medical equipment when we, when we train and work on it, but like, it, it, well, like we went to Chili's last night, like, and I was like, this is like, first of all, our server, this is a funny story. Our server was just, I don't, we broke their brain by ordering martinis at a chain restaurant, to be fair. Um, and, <laughs> and like, they, like I, the bartender was like, what? And then, and then I had a gift card cause I had done the CalScope, uh, Cal California wanted to know that you had antibodies after you were, oh, yeah, yeah. um, vaccination. And they gave you 20 bucks for just doing the survey and then 20 bucks for sending in your blood. So I did both, but I forgot to redeem them. So I got an email yesterday and I was like, cool. Like what gift card can I choose? I was like, Oh, sick Chili's down the road. So yeah. I did Chili's for one and Amazon for the other. And so after my appointment, um, and a couple of hours later after kind of like settling in and feeling how this took a little nap for my, for my shot, I was like, you know what, let's go to Chili's because we were trying to, cause there's nothing out here. Like, right. January, think about like, okay, so you're, are you still in Thornton area? No. So I'm down in Aurora again. Oh, you're in Aurora. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I guess like Thornton would be a good example of like Capilay. So like there is stuff to do, but it's like very spread out. And it's also kind of like more family and more quiet, which is it's, it's okay like what with. I grew up in. Really, right. like you know, my parents live on four and a half acres. The closest town is like ten to fifteen minute drive. Yeah. And like if you don't get truck stuck by a tractor, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like exactly. And so we're okay with the quiet. And but but like it's one of those things where it's like there's no brewery nearby, so it's not like we can go and like drink a beer nearby or, um, you know, go, go places. So like today, like after this, we've got at 11, we're going to go all the way on the other side of the Island and go get, go to a wine tasting and then pick out my scripts and do all this stuff. But 
last night it was like, okay, what's near us that has a bar? Well, right. we've been there. We don't like it. And so we'll go to, we'll go to Chili's. So we went to Chili's, obviously it's a $20 gift card. That broke the well, ice And brain. it's Chili's, you know, it's going to be yeah. what you expect. Oh, yeah. so. And Scott's got um, his uh, fitness test coming up. So he, we did the guiltless grill with the bottomless chips because nice. yeah. Yeah. like, I mean, um, it doesn't, it counteracts, it doesn't work together. So, right. um, but the server, okay. Cause like in Hawaii, something I'm not used to, it's almost like, Cause in Denver, I'm so used to everyone being my age that serves me like, yeah. you know, yeah. and then, and yeah. And then when I go back to visit my parents in like Longmont and I'd go to a restaurant with them, everyone would be like in high school. And I was like, I'm mm -hmm. not used to that. And yeah. so this is kind of like, there's, it's near a college campus. And so a lot of the people are very young. And so this guy was just bless him. Just, just just a rainbow flag just flying in the wind and <laughs> well first well first we thought we we're going to do takeout and then because they're they're like it's a 20 minute wait and we're like well uh, 20, okay and so but then we sit we stood outside and it was fine and we thought well we'll do takeout but then I thought well that's gonna break their brain if I tell them to apply a coupon on top right. of because they couldn't even produce a menu fast enough because they're like ah Right. So then, um, so then we got sat and then I, I don't, we don't know where he went, but he just was very overwhelmed by everything. It was almost like that Kermit gift where he's like, Whoa, yeah. Whoa. So, but it was good. It was good. Overall, yeah. it, overall is good. But like, we've got, we have to get used to out here. Like just how alone everything is everything slower. Is. Yeah. yeah. Much slower there. And he's been stationed here previously, but he was stationed here and he was down in Honolulu, which has a little bit of a faster pace. And so out here, it's like, like we just saw, we saw our martinis just sit there for like a half hour. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> we're, I, was, I was just like, Island time is something else, man. <laughs> we still gave him a nice tip because I think yeah. we just felt bad for him. We we're like, you're doing your best, but you just laugh it off at that point. But yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's been interesting because everyone, um, and I don't know if people did this to you like when you were stationed in Florida or when you were in Colorado, it's like, especially like as you're moving the military owes you money so like we're finally getting paid out by right. that but it also yeah. it takes it takes forever and in Hawaii if they want to go if the entire admin finance department wants to go for a hike or re-enlistment like Friday's off the table they're gone and so yeah. good luck getting your money ever so we're finally getting that but um people will love to just like just like when people are deployed and I'm sure you're familiar with this um, they love to tell you like, oh, I could never do that. Or like, oh, go enjoy the island oh. or like, go do this, go do that. Or like, I would love my alone time. It's like, I did, but like when you have like 300 days of a deployment. And my then, favorite was people yeah. would always be like, oh, that sounds great. But you're, you get to be, you get, he's gone. Like, you know, they joke, you know how like when you get older, they're like, you know, can you go on vacation? When's your next business? You know, like as you, oh, yeah. yeah, people would be like, Oh, he's so he's, and I'm like, like, this isn't one. This is like, it was like my first deployment. So I was like 20 years old yeah, and maybe 21. He had been gone for like a month. I moved home. Like, and I'm like with these people, they're like, Oh, that sounds great. If my spouse was gone for, and I'm like, no, it's, terrible like it's absolutely fucking terrible like it's the worst because you never won it's harder for you guys because they're on that boat but like one you, you're I, like where are you yeah. yeah like you don't know where they are you don't know when the next time they're gonna call that you don't know if you're gonna get a text or an email or whatever you don't know 
when your next communication is going to be. And it's so stressful and anxiety inducing. And it's kind of one of those things where that's like, it's grown. That made me more dependent on my phone. Yeah. Anything in my entire life. Oh yeah. It's so funny because like, so, so, um, that that's like, I was actually about to say that and you said it, um, there'd be, so I have my watch and my watch is connected to my phone and there would be times where I would like have my phone on my bed and I'd be like going to do something in the kitchen. I'm like, Oh, got a poop. And then I'd like go and I'd forget my phone was in another room. And then all of a sudden, like I'm getting a phone call from like yep. the Coronado number. I'm seeing it on my watch, but I'm like pooping my brains out and right. I missed the call. And then he can't call back because it's like, right. it won't and connect. you can't call him. Right. And, and I, it's, yeah, like, let me talk. Yeah. It's ugh. miserable. It's so, and it's so hard to like, for people that have not mm-hmm. seen either side of it to understand there was a day or there was a time Jake was deployed and I hadn't heard from him in seven days. Oh yeah. Losing my freaking mind. Absolutely losing my mind. Cause I would at least get an email from him every day. Yeah. So, so I started, was up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like he, I would at least get something, a phone call, even if it was like a 30 second phone call, Hey, I'm alive. I love you. Bye. You know, like if it was just that I'd get an email, Hey, I'm alive. I love you. Bye. Like, or a Facebook message, something just quick. I would almost always every day get, something that showed that he was alive and well and whatever but it had been seven days since I had heard from him and I started losing my freaking mind dude like I legitimately like was in this fog that I didn't I couldn't make sentences I couldn't form words there were like I was forgetting things all the time I got like I it was just a mess and then finally I get this text message from a number that I don't know. And it was some guy that he had ended up with at this like remote base, like just so happened to have a phone that had service. So he just texted me and said, this is, Hey, it's Jake. I'm fine. Here's our safe word. You know, it's me, you know, like these are, and it was, and I just collapsed. I collapsed on the floor in the middle of the kitchen. And it just was one of those, like, that is such like such a traumatic experience yeah. or the lack of a better term. Cause like, I feel bad saying things that are trauma or oh, yeah, like yeah. saying that I have C- CPTSD. Like I hate ha- like, no, like saying these things and saying that I've had trauma because I've never had in my brain trauma. Right. You know what I mean? So like, but like, that is such a traumatic thing for your brain to go through. Yeah. That your hormones are all over the place. Your emotions are all over the place. I could barely move. I could barely get out Mm -hmm. of bed. I think I actually had gotten out of bed to go get something out of the fridge and was on my way back to bed. Yeah. I have the text. Like, yeah, that was similar. In fact, and I, and I'm, I'm, thank you for saying like that. Cause I, 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 I have a friend that's a therapist who's also a military spouse and she's always like, be careful with the word trauma. But went to my listeners, if that's a trigger word for you, I apologize. But in some of these ways, like, I mean, trauma can be anything from something that could feel insignificant to someone else to something that could be huge. But for me, um, we had a loss of life uh, event, which was indirectly connected to my husband's ship, but then um, not. And I 
it's weird how you know something's wrong. Like, you know something's wrong and you you start to wonder. And then I didn't know what to do. And I woke up and I felt like the wind had been knocked out of my lungs. And, and the first time that you ever have the experience where their job and their safety of their job, because you know it's not safe, but then all of a sudden the safety of the job is ripped from you. It's like real. And, yeah. and the Navy was like, let me, let me fantastically shove it in your face how bad this is from, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the TR first mm-hmm. to then the BHR lighting on fire last year where my husband's like, right. well, the space that didn't burn would be a mine. And it was fine. And I was like, that's doesn't help. And yeah. then a nine, um, a bunch of, you know, baby, baby people passing right. away on job when, you know, it, it, it was, that was when I was like, and now you're deploying. And then there was a three week stint. He was in a hotel and I was just like, and he was, okay. So like the way they did it was like, he was, so that happened. Right. So we'll go back Mm -hmm. to that. So that happened. I texted my therapist. I called my mom and she said, well, he's in the military and he's safe. And I was like, great. I called my mother-in-law who was two hours North and she just got in the car and came down and I'm grateful that she did, but also in those situations, even when someone is there, you are frantically checking your phone. Every minute feels like an hour and, and you're just not okay. And then I had people tell me like, well, he's fine. So I don't know why you're upset. And it's like, that's not the point. Cause like a loss for any, like a loss of communication and all this stuff. And we'd already been going through the quote, quote, quote unquote, river city is what they call it, where there's no communications. And it was just, it was a lot. And, and and I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know what was going on, you know, combine that with the stress of, 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 of at the time before going into all of this, my job plus his job, plus my sister was sick. It was like a whole lot of stuff. And so anyway, so like that was July and then he gets back and after being gone for like the most of the pandemic portion of the front end, then he goes um, into hotel for three weeks and then they go straight into no communications to ramp up for their net for, for deployment to stay deployment ready. And so I basically went from every day for three weeks hearing from him. He'd call me, we're on video chat constantly right. for three weeks to just not hearing from him at all, radio silent. And then wondering if this was going to happen again, if something was going to happen. And thankfully, I don't believe, and I'm knock on wood, he's on the other side. I don't think anyone died um, right. on his ship. Did you just shrug? <laughs> Hi, Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I'm kidding. But no, but like it was, but you, I had this innate fear in the back of my head because like once that safety is ripped from you, it's gone. And I just had to walk. So I have a lot of Hilo house friends. Yeah. And I think we, there was another catastrophic loss that was training related that shouldn't have happened. And it did. And unfortunately, and I had to help my friend Angela through it and, um, and, and, and put my sea duty hat back on. And that's yeah. what I do. And like, I'm there for anyone. And I, even, even you on the other side of it, if you had a friend come to you, like me, great example, you were like, hi, cause you knew what to say. Yeah. You were like this, you, you okay? And I was like, I knew I could tell you I'm not, right. And you were going to get it instead of trying to fix it. And that was hard because a lot of, a lot of spouses in my community at the time, uh, hadn't gone through a deployment, didn't know what they didn't know. And, and then, that's the hardest yeah. part, right? Like is to go as a community, as a group yeah. to go through something like that together and not have somebody that you can depend on 
to yeah. kind of guide you and say, nope, this is normal. This happens from time to time. Maybe the ship's communication went out. Maybe yeah. that like there's a lot of other factors that go on to, you know, there's a lot of things that can play into that. And that's why whenever I saw that you like when I started noticing, like when you would post things or say things, like I started, okay, you're not okay. Yeah. Like, what can I do? What can I say to you? What can I explain to you that will yeah. make this not better and not okay, but make sense, make it work. Right. Right. And that was, and, and that was what I took. And that's like, why I did the FRG stuff. Cause I was like, you know what? Like I know a lot. Cause I, I had a different placement not that I always, I hate branch rank rate, all that shaming and the dependence yeah, notion, but I hate that. But I, but I still, I still knew that like, okay, but I have the clarity of like what I know. And if I can just share it with other people and oh my God, like I, once I turned that inbox off, when I moved, I was like, thank God, you know, I don't have to deal with it anymore, but, but, but not every ship and not every command has a great, um, but we have, we have ombudsmen and I don't know if it's similar, um, but, uh, our, key spouses, yeah, it. our, our, ombud, our ship's ombudsman was the best of the absolute best. Michelle was incredible and she did it all by herself, all well, you know, advocating for her child who has special needs to also being a lawyer on top of that with her own practice. And I mean, and her kid, her kids are fantastic. I mean, she, was an is is an incredible human. She still is, and you know, one day I hope to go on supermarket sweep with her. But like, I had that, but not every ship, not every command, not every. I mean, I didn't has have that. that. Yeah, you didn't, didn't have that. Mine were our our key spouses were just. I mean, the one that I had whenever Jake first started deploying was fantastic, and the fact that she emailed me once a month or so, beginning of the month, she'd be like, "Hey, are you good? Do you need anything? Are you okay? Can I help you with anything?" Yeah, and I would be like, "Oh, you know what? No, I'm good." great. I'm, you know, I'm good. And she'd be like, cool. But then when they left the command, um, cause you know, yeah, it always happens. Um, the next girl that came in, I, so I flew under the radar for like four years. I did really, I flew under the radar hardcore for four years because I, for the first couple of years I left during deployment. So I wasn't around to like take care of, like, and to like watch. Mm -hmm. Um, and the one year, I went to, they used to have this big beach party because we were stationed in the Panhandle, Florida, near Eglin Air Force Base. Um, and they would have this big beach party every year. And I went to the beach party with a friend because she had twins. And she's like, I really want to go, but I can't handle both kids. And I was like, I'll go with you. Not a problem. Yeah. You know, I know all those people. I know everyone. Like, we'll just go hang out. It's fine. Well, the new key spouse, I just so happened to be talking to her. And, uh, the next thing I know, I'm getting like an email from her going, hi, I'm your key spouse. We met at the beach party, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, in all due respect, please don't. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't like, need to worry she's about like, me. She's like, can yeah. I get your phone number and this and that? And the other one, I'm like, really, you don't need any of that information. You have my email. That's all I need you to have right now. I, I'm good. I've done this for four and a half years now. I'm good. Like, yeah, yeah. Focus your energy on someone that needs needs it more than I right do. right and she, oh exactly she then sent me an email back and said that if I didn't comply they were gonna go to the first sergeant and I'm like you know that I'm not military right you can't tell me what to do and the next thing I know Jake's calling me going why am I getting an email saying that you're not cooperating oh my gosh like they emailed him and they're like your wife isn't cooperating with the key spouses and he's like okay <laughs> he straight up told him like if she doesn't want to 
like oh, because you're some, that's the thing that's the thing people don't realize it's like while we fall under while we fell under the branch of like okay so for instance like page 13 which is the navy's way of being or at least every command got to deal with covid the way they wanted to and now they all right. the same which is you know yay finally we're here um but like basically page 13 was like him as an officer being like going into work like while I could go and do whatever I needed to go do, I didn't because I didn't want to pass the virus to him, which then right. would pass it on, you know? And, <laughs> and, and so like, I ended up going to get the dog by myself and all these things. And in terms of like that spouse kind of thing, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. Because like, I would tell him like, so I podcast, right. And a lot of people don't realize that you, as a spouse, you can be loud. And, uh, as long as you're not, being a huge a-hole uh it, it doesn't well, and really as long as you like don't show share information right whatever. right you still yeah. have your own life that's the biggest thing i am not i did not sign up for the military there's not a yeah. contract with Same. my name and blood on it you know Same. what i mean like yeah that's not you can't tell me what to do yeah you, they cannot tell yeah. you what to do period right right they can't they and can suggest it yep they can get irritated with you whenever you don't do what they think you should but they can't tell you what to do. There's no repercussions. They can't take you to court. They can't give you an article 15. Yeah. yeah. Being who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's all bad, but you know, like that's, that's the point is like, now that I'm not dealing with it anymore. And like, he's at a command where like, they don't even know he exists. I'm like, sweet. They don't, I just can Homer Simpson float into the background finally right. because I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I, it, with anything and the strength it gave me, cause that's actually like why I'm so glad that I have you on is like, it made me like all of this made me who I am. Like, yeah, I didn't sign up for it in the sense of like, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I right. still would have chose, I still would have chose Scott no matter what. Right. Um, but I now have this clarity. And when I look at companies and their diversity and their inclusion and their structures, and they say like, we're inclusive or we love the military or we love this, that, and the other, yeah, yeah. I am now like, but do you? Cause like, I know how I want to be it. talked to, how a veteran right. wants to be talked to and how companies should position themselves. And it's not as simple as throwing up like a rainbow banner at pride or a thank you for your service on veterans day. It's like, uh, how are you helping the spouses? Cause we are an untapped community of, um, you know, we're, whether we're, we're like the we're forgotten. forgotten community. Yeah, for sure. Like nobody thinks about us. No one cares about, you know, yeah. what we're going through. Like, great. Thank you for your service. They, Oh my gosh. That was like the worst thing. Whenever people would yeah. see military ID and they would thank me for my service I hate that I hate that oh like, yeah you're like okay you cool, don't thanks. care one and two I sit on my couch and eat spaghettios like I don't <laughs> I bought a full pallet of spaghettios and they're still in my cabinet yeah no I agree I agree I agree and this is releasing in November which actually has Veterans Day and so the last thing like before we pop into and it's going to actually lend perfectly into imposter syndrome is you and I are two people who are not having children and that ultimately made us different and other than, and because you and I both like kids just fine. We just don't want them. And, yeah. and you are made and conditioned as a spouse, depending on where you are. So like the more boring panhandle or wherever you might be, yeah. 
the more the pressure is on to have a child so that you have something to do while you are, while they're away. And then there's the repercussions of a lot of people don't, their, their partner's not even there for the birth. And then the kid doesn't recognize the dad or the mom or whatever. It's just, it's hard on families. And so for me, like I had so much imposter syndrome in terms of like, oh, well, I don't think this kids is for me. My, my hormones in my thirties are being like, well, maybe we do, but then I'm like, eh, but the world. So I, yeah. I'm just kind of still, I'm still no. And, um, I, I love, I love people's kids, but the joy is giving them back. That's my like, favorite yeah. part. It's to, yeah, be able part. to be like, hi, will not do what we want to do with them. And then just be like, okay, here, go back and mom and dad can deal with the tantrum. Yeah. Um, although it, so like with me though, when it came to that, like it, we, you know, you got pressure. We also got a lot of like, cause I got married at 20, mm-hmm. 20 years old when we got married. So immediately everybody's like, Oh, are you pregnant? Are you going to have a baby? Is that why you got married so quick? Is that why you got married so young? Like that's not always the case. Granted 98% of the time. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the case is that they're getting married at 19, 20 years old because one of them is, you know, the, it's somebody's pregnant or, they don't, one needs insurance or whatever. And then they immediately end up pregnant. Yeah. They don't yeah. Know what they're doing, but like, I ended up helping raise so many other people's kids that it, I didn't need, I I'm, I'm good. Like I still, even to this day, I'm like, no, <laughs> like I have not had that hormone flux where, you know, they, they, they tell you in your thirties that like your hormones are going to flux. That's when you're really going to get that baby fever. Uh, well, yeah, well, okay. So that's actually so funny because Scott and I were actually talking about that last night. Um, cause I got a, well, we had to put my dog, my rescue dog down Murphy, Rip Murphy. We loved him, but he also bit a FedEx man. The, 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 it was not, I had to call USA and be like, uh, hi, um, what do I do? And they're like, uh, nothing. And then I had to put him down. It was really, really tough, but uh, out of that sadness, um, you know, Scott didn't want to deploy without me having a dog. And so I'd already done my research like a year prior and found the Cavalier breeder that I was talking to. And, and she just hit me up out of the blue and was like, do you want this puppy? And I was like, they were in river city. So they were in no communications. And yeah. I, Scott found a way to no shit, get me an email back in like five minutes. That's crazy. He was like, yes. We demand photos of the dog. And then I was like, well, <laughs> and then the photos she sent me are these huge, tiny, like he looked like a little alien baby, like right. bean. Um, and I, it was, it was, I, I mean, like, I, I don't like it when people compare like babies to puppies, but puppies are forgivable on a lot of terms and you can't, you can, you can screw them up, but you can't screw them up that bad in comparison. Puppies are easier. Puppies are a lot easier because they grow out of it and then they stay consistently the same at toddler level. Um, but there were just days where I, cause like he went from like this little floof to then like a destructive floof Mm -hmm. to then Scott's gone. And then it's just me and floof. And I, I, I had to get a second trainer. I had to do, I, I, oh God. And then I had to take him to get neutered. And when I got him neutered, he pissed himself. No one told me that was going to happen. And then I was scared. I was killed. Like, it was just a lot. And, and then there was a point where he was just like, I'd take him outside and he'd put anything in his mouth, like no matter what. Yeah. So this and, is, this is my yeah. deployment puppy. Yep. This one up here is my deployment puppy. I got him right before Jake deployed. 
I had been looking for you for months and months. Yeah. And, months. and I found him, hit the breeder I got him from. Um, and that, but so shortly after that, I ended up, um, getting in with a dachshund rescue yeah. in Panhandle, Florida. And that was my specialty was any puppy from the age of birth to about six months old. I, yeah. I specifically wanted those puppies, those, yeah. those dogs. But, and I was one of the only ones in the rescue that really wanted, wanted deal with it, yeah. to deal with it because they are just, it, to me, it was so rewarding to, I also have no, I had other dogs yeah. to teach. It's so much easier when there's another one around to kind of like, show them the ropes a little bit better whereas yeah. like Bourdain was like it was just you and Bourdain <laughs> it was just me and Bourdain and, and it's harder full, to train a puppy that way a three and a half bedroom 100%. house fully fenced with front and back astroturf mm-hmm. and he also like the way that little dogs are well I mean spaniels are and very similar dogs like they love people and affection and like Scott grew up with doxies so he's used to it my friend's about to get get one and she's like asking a million questions. And actually, when this releases two weeks ago, I'm just looking at Morgan right now. He's just like asleep in a circle bed, just like living his best life. Yeah. Um, she has two dachshunds. And so it's like, but but Bourdain with me, it was like we were each other's worst bad habit. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, he knew the word air fryer and French fry <laughs> and he knew to hold his pee if mom couldn't get out of bed. And he knew like. Sundays he'd be wearing a costume and right. and I didn't go a lot of places so I couldn't socialize him so I'd like reverse socialize him and and, and but it, but he's good now I mean it's got keep saying like you did such a great job with him that's like because where were you no right. it's well it's well it's more of the like I wish you could have seen yeah and that's, that's what that's process what, because that's like, now bummer, you look, yeah. that's the other thing is that you're gonna have more of a jaded view of his behavior because you're the one that taught him everything yeah. Whereas Scott wasn't there for a lot of it. So he's going to go, Oh my gosh, look at how great this dog is behaving. Like blah, blah, blah. But you're looking at him going, well, he shouldn't do that. Why is he doing that? He knows he's not. Right. Yeah. We're but going like, through that right now, but it's not, it's not that you didn't train him. Well, you're just very toned in or oh, tuned yeah. in to exactly what he should and shouldn't be doing. And right. he, you know, he knows these things. Yeah. And yet still does them. But like, Scott is looking at it going, wow, he's so well behaved because he doesn't see the specifics like you do. Yeah. Yeah. In there. And th- that's been its, its own journey. It's, it's, I'm just happy that it took forever to get him here. So I'm just happy that, um, you know, boarding like one, like getting him neutered was great. And then two, you know, as they age, like they get better and better. Yeah. And, and he's, he's, he's a great little dog and he, and he's just so happy and content with things and it's like I'm just grateful that like it worked the way it worked because I was always scared I was gonna kill her. <laughs> I was like oh please please live like yeah. if the plants die whatever but if Bourdain dies like I'm not gonna be okay um, <laughs> a little more forgivable than the plants right. are though <laughs> yeah yeah the, yeah the plants are like ah. so um imposter syndrome like I I know that like after coming out of like a long-term relationship like like you did and all of that um kind of like figuring out where you fit in the world has been um a journey and uh you're one of the strongest people I know of course um so do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways and what does imposter syndrome mean to you so I think I've suffered from imposter syndrome worse now than I did before I got married um but that's part of the trauma that I experienced Mm -hmm. throughout my relationship um 
as an example, I have a 1968 Beetle. That is my dream car. It's the first thing I bought as soon as I left. That was the first thing that I got my hands on because um, he kept kind of dangling that as like a carrot on a string mm -hmm. um, You're like, to get me to do things. Yeah. So that was the first thing. As soon as I, after I left, that was the first thing I bought myself. Um, and my friend Kabir has had, he had a, a 1990 uh, Nissan Skyline PTR. Um, he just recently sold it, but he would go and have pictures like these people would take pictures of him and whatever. And the one day he goes, Hey, we're going to be kind of down closer to you. Cause I can't drive a beetle very far. It doesn't go very far, yeah. but, um, he's like, we're going to kind of be somewhat close to where you're living. Do you want to, um, meet up They'll, They said they want to take pictures of your car. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I'd love to have some pictures of my car, but I'm also like, they're not they don't really want to take pictures of my car they're like doing this to humor Kabir you know what I mean yeah. like because they're his buddies or whatever and like I get there and they're so pumped and they were so excited to take pictures of my car I got the most amazing picture of me with yeah. my car um but like in my brain the entire time going like they don't really want me here like yeah. that this isn't the car that they really want to see this isn't you know blah 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 but like obviously they wanted me there or they would have like yeah. I'm like, no, you can't bring the car. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. and, it, and it's, and then I have, I just, I, I suffer from it in everything. I, I can't, I can't take a compliment. I can't, I can't anything. Like I am so conditioned at this point to think that everything is my fault. Every single mm -hmm. thing that goes wrong is because I did it wrong. Um, and I'm working through that. I am going to therapy working through my CPTSD, my anxieties, my depressions. Um, but it is, it's, it's a huge struggle for me, especially, you know, like these last two weeks, I've been in Portland for work. They sent me out to kind of help um, stabilize a new office that they just bought out in Portland. Um, and the whole time I'm going, well, I don't know why they're sending me. Like, <laughs> a, but like, and then like, but the whole time my team here is texting me going, why, when are you coming back? Why aren't you here? Where are you? Why are like, we miss you. Can you come back please? Like they can't keep, you know that, right? Like, <laughs> like the whole time they're like, but like, to me, it's like, I'm okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I never, I don't feel like I'm anything special. Like, I don't feel like I'm that brave. I don't feel like I'm that strong. I don't feel like what I have been through is a care like I like I don't I don't know how to explain it like it just doesn't feel like anything that like anybody would want to hear what I have to say you know what I mean like oh yeah I'm used to that because I I grew up in a similar like household to your relationship in the sense of um and it's no it's no one's fault and I'm also working through it so right. uh I am preconditioned to basically be the peacemaker and also be the fixer and the problem solver and the listener and the one that like people come to me all the time with problems which is like way easier for me to listen to someone's problems take that on than deal with my own so right. compliments and and every anytime I feel good, it's met with extreme guilt shame. And then it's like, that, I, like waiting yeah. for that other shoe to drop. Right, right. right. Where so bad? Like something good happens to me, right. and something I'm like in extreme like joy. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, what now? What's gonna happen? Right, right, Where, exactly. Who, what bad is gonna happen now? Right. And that's a precondition that I'm working through as well. And like good for you for like working through that stuff because it, it is difficult, but it also like 
in everything, whether it be my relationship or my job or even my podcast, which is about this very thing in terms of like not fitting in and, you know, feeling brought up to be a fraud and all that. I also have found that like, I'm quick to cast myself aside because it's like, I'm reading this book right now that's called Dodging Energy Vampires, which is intense. But yeah, there's so this one part where they're like, when's the last time like someone called you not needing something? And I was like, oh, <laughs> right. And um, so it's, it's, it's a journey. But the thing is, is that like, the, what we, what you and I have been through and what has happened in our lives, um, while it did precondition us to feel certain ways, it doesn't have to be the forever. It's just the journey of knowing that you're worth more and then reminding yourself daily. It's just sucky that you have to do like two times the amount of work to undo the yarn ball that was done. And I'm unraveling it. And I come across things all the time that I'm like, Oh God. Well, so like I had a pro I had like a episode kind of this weekend too, where, um, because I got stuck in Portland, over the weekend, I didn't go do, I didn't get to go do all the things that I was supposed to do this weekend. And then we had, there was like a big car show where all of our friends were hanging out and everything. And I didn't get to go, but then I'm like seeing pictures Mm -hmm. and videos and like whatever of all of them having such a good time and like doing all these things. And they went to Dave and Buster's and they did all like, they just were having a good time and just like living their lives because obviously they can't put their lives on hold when I'm not here. You know what I mean? that's unreasonable and just ridiculous. But like in my my brain, the only person that like really messaged me that whole timeframe was Kabir. And he was the one like sending me like snaps and like texting me and seeing how everything was going. Cause like I was stuck in Portland by myself kind of just exploring and doing whatever. And, and like, I had this like existential crisis, like Monday, the car show and stuff was out on Sunday and like Monday morning, I'm waking up and seeing all these pictures and everything yeah. posted. And I'm going like, they don't even care that I'm not there. They don't even care. Like nobody cares that I'm gone. Like nobody, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm going, and I'm like sitting there going, you are being unreasonable. Like yeah. I'm telling myself this, but I can't stop myself from going through this spiral of no, they all hate you. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm used to that. Uh, that, that actually is something that I was able to combat in this last six months. Well, you, you kind of, when you move and, yeah. and you uh, move, like this move was different than the first one. So for like me, it was like, oh, like I, I think I was at a better place emotionally in terms of like my friends can be friends with each other or they don't have to be and they can live their lives and it's like not a dig on me but right. it's different when you have that prong of I should have been there I should have been doing that thing why I'm not there because of a prior obligation that I didn't anticipate like that's right. where like I have a harder time with the uncertainty as well so I champion you for talking yourself through that because it's, it is difficult because I had to, I, like, I actually yeah. had to reschedule my therapy appointment to, as soon as possible, just because I was like spiraling to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't catch my breath. I yeah. was like, so just, I was just so bad that day that I like, as soon as I could get in with my, my therapist, I was like, Hey, can we like do tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, absolutely you know, we'll set it up for this time. I'll meet you there, whatever. Or like, well, we do yeah. give you a chat, whatever. Yeah. But, but that's um, like a big thing. Yeah. With an imposter syndrome. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, it's so, it's, I think it's worse because I'm so aware mm-hmm. that I'm being ridiculous. Yep. Me too. <laughs> and I can't stop it. 
Like there's just something yeah. I can do. It's just like, and I'm working through it and figuring yeah. out the things that I can do to prevent these things from happening. But once I get there, there's just nothing I can do. The clarity for me has been the hardest part. Like when I know that I need my boundaries up and when they're so evident and then when I put the boundaries up and then they're not respected, it hurts me more. Cause I'm like, this is why it's in place. And, uh, like something I'm working on, this is my own personal, as my listeners, uh, might know by now, uh, I am working through the fact that I am the one of the most generous people. Like I will give, 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 because that makes me happy. I love making people smile. Even when it's not deserved, I give. So that's what I'm working on is the deserving giving. Like the one that's like, this is something I do and it's a mutual give and take. So, um, that's something I've worked, I've been having to work really hard on that. I've actually had to cut quite a few people out in the last 18 months or so, year and a half, almost two years. Um, cause it was, it's been two years since I left. So within the last like 18 months to two years, I've had to cut quite a few people out because they were either using me, use me for whatever, like generous or my energy or whatever. Or they were using me to like take information back to Jake after we separated. And I was like, okay, we're not doing that. I'm not playing that game. Like I made sure through all of it that nobody had to pick a side, but obviously you picked a side, so we're done here. Like, yeah. And that was really hard for me even to like say, these people don't deserve to be in your life, even though they've been a big part of it for the last 10 years, because they don't actually care about you. Yeah. Now that he's not part of the situation, they don't care what you do or what you they're, you know, and like I said, they were like taking information back. Yeah. And I was like, we're done here. Yeah. Yeah. That's been an eye-opening for me too, like in moving on from the command. And I I think I had a harder time with it at first, was like just people not caring that we left, like people not caring, like you know, I, I'm never going to have some like grandiose award for what I did. And I, I then doubt, like, did I do enough today today? Which I know I did, but you know, so it's, I get it. And it's like that feeling of like, okay, like this was such a big thing. And then like, I'm for, I'm forgotten or, or the, the intentions were not pure. Um, but hindsight's 2020 and I'm proud of you for working through it. Um, and I do believe that you and I are both on the right path. You need to find time to like get out here. Yeah. You should have them snap an office up up here and then (laughs) then come set it up. Um, so I think we've touched on it and I, I don't think I need to ask all the signature questions. Let's talk about fanaticals. Uh, what is one thing or a few things you're fanatical about and why? Um, so obviously I am a huge Dachshund fan. I have three. I've grown up with them my entire life. I'm very, I worked with the rescue um, for years. So I'm very just like, let's just, everyone needs a Dachshund. Everyone needs this little hot dog that like follows you around and just is what it is. Um, Jackson is an un, he's not trained for anything, but he's my anxiety dog. So he knows yeah. whenever something's like not right and he comes up and he lays on my chest or he like gets him. If I start like picking at my fingers, he comes up and gets in between me so that I stop and I'll like pet him instead. Um, and then I'm also really just like, everyone needs to realize that therapy is a good thing. Yeah. Um, everyone should talk to a therapist at some point in time in their life. I think, I think everybody could benefit from it. Um, if you have past traumas, if you have anxieties, if you have, or you don't, it doesn't matter. 
talking to another person about your feelings and figuring out why you feel the way you feel about certain things is never going to be a bad thing. Yeah. I 1000% agree with that. And as I've said to my listeners many times is that there are resources, there are ways to, if you don't have the insurance, there is access. Uh, if you are military, TRICARE does pay for it. There's also free services like fleet and family support or other things. I'm just speaking from the Navy yeah. branch perspective, but there are options and there's even things like chat-based chaplains. Yeah, They're specifically there to hear you. It's another person, it's a lifeline. Don't wait until you are at your rope's end because guaranteed there is someone who might have a sliding scale that can work with you even without insurance. And so I champion that notion. I say two, two, because I, I agree. Therapy- yeah, I mean, like me, check, even check yeah. your employer's EAP. If you have an employee assistance program, they will almost always uh, provide with some sort of therapy sessions. My last job, I think it was eight sessions total. They provided for free. Um, this job, I think the EAP provides five a year. Um, I decided to not go through that this time, but they there are options out there for you. And there are online options that will work with you and it just, you need to do it. I'm speaking from this time last year. I didn't know I was going to make it to this point. I legitimately, I think about this time last year, I was looking into trying to check myself into a mental institution. Yeah. I was, I was so bad off that I really thought I was going crazy. I really, I was missing chunks of time, whole conversations, whole trips, Kabir yeah. keeps saying, we went to this place. We did this. You're like, what? I, no, we didn't. I, that, I, I tell him all the time, like, that's your other girlfriend. Like, I don't know who else you hang out with. That was her. Ah, well, me. <laughs> I miss that. that little goob. He's so funny. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, you've got, I am going to be the biggest advocate to getting into someone. It doesn't talk to your pastor at your church. It doesn't have to be like a base chaplain. Talk to your pastor, your youth pastor, if you're younger and you're still in that, like talk to, um, like I said, your employee assistance program, look into seeing if there, you have an employee assistance program. I didn't even know that my job had one until I started looking at some other things and was like, oh, what is this? I wonder if we have that. Look into, um, there's a ton of online therapies. It's Cerebral, ThinkSpace, Sondermine. There's all these different places online that you can look into. And um, I know Sondermine works with insurance. A lot of them don't, um, but it's somewhat inexpensive to yeah. do these things without insurance. But you, everyone, if you think that your brain is attacking you, you need to be speaking to someone. Yeah, yeah, that is such good advice you for anyone. Think yeah. that your brain is attacking you. Like, yeah. if you have these negative self thoughts, if you're talking to yourself on a daily and tell you, oh, you're so stupid. How could you be so dumb? How could you think like this? How, how can you think that they like you? How, if you have any of those kinds of thoughts, if you have anything that's even similar to that, you should be speaking to someone. Yeah. And I, and I love that. And I always champion that like to my listeners, like, of course, this is like not a medical diagnosis. I don't think we're doing anything groundbreaking here, but access to mental health, everyone does have the access and there are resources and 
you know, it's something that it might not be the first person that you talk to. It might be a couple of people to click, but I've been very fortunate that the last two therapists I've had have clicked in a way that has been helpful. Uh, I consider Justina my good cop and I consider Tara Lynn my bad cop because she will call me on my shit. She's awesome. Also a military spouse. Um, but it, that is a great fanatical. I so appreciate that, especially like at the time of releasing this, where a lot of these conversations with yeah. spouses and or military people have been speaking about mental health and speaking out against men, speaking out for mental health, yeah. um, those access, those resources are there. It's just skate kept. And that's the hard part is that like, it, unfortunately it feels like this big mountain you have to climb, but it is there, it is there. You do have to dig. And, you know, I've told people if you need help, you know, always reach out to me, whether or not I get back to you quickly, that's right. just because I'm very stretched thin, but it is something that can be um, solved. And so I agree with that. So let's talk and about- just Also just know that like, it may not be your first one. You got yeah. that's it. so lucky that you yeah. got the first therapist that you talked to or the first both two times that you talked to well, both times like have but, been you know whatever because but I was ready it took me three therapists yeah to find I, the one yeah. that I actually like I get to me and understands and make sure when you are looking for a therapist that you're looking for the people that have the expertise because not all therapists deal with divorce not all therapists deal with anger issues not all therapists deal with anxieties not all therapists deal with depression. They are very specialized. Yeah. Kinda, because therapy is such a broad factor. Yeah. That, like every therapist has their specific trains that they deal with better than others. And if yeah. you can find a therapist that does the things that you need them to do specifically, you're going to have a better time. Yeah. And like I said, but it still could take three, four, five, six yeah. times to find that person. And you just have to be patient and know that that's okay. And it's okay to move on from one therapist to another. Yep. You shouldn't feel guilty. You shouldn't feel bad that you have to switch your therapist. You should always just look for the person that's going to help you the best. Don't stick with someone just because you feel bad for telling them that you don't work with them. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to come away from this thinking that like magically I had two people like that worked out. I actually have done therapy three different times in my life. It just wasn't the right fit at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the value in it. And so I was ready to do the work when I went in the first time. And then the second time I was took those marching orders and applied it to the next one because my old therapist couldn't care for me. Now, that's another thing too, like January just touched on, like I have ADHD, so I need someone that understands military ADHD, all this other stuff, PTSD, like, and so you can actually go through psychology today and find that, then space it by teletherapy, or if you want an in-person who's accepting new patients, you can filter it by um, insurance, but there are other resources, so we we don't need to beat a dead horse here. Uh, What Muppet are you, and why? Oh my gosh, Um, I would probably, I've so I've also listened to your podcast. So I knew you're going to ask me this and I still, I think, I think I'm gonzo. Like I think, yes, (laughs) I think that that would be the most accurate for me just because he's out there. He kind of beats to his own. He walks to a beat of his own drum. Um, I just, and I feel like he's just very, he is what he is and he's unapologetic for it. And I am, that's who I am at my core. Yeah. Um, granted it hasn't been that way for the last 10 years, but we're getting back to that now. Yeah. Back from that and getting back to that, that core of, I'm just, I'm a weirdo. I'm goofy. 
and I am who I am. And if you don't like it, tough luck. That's like, I mean, it's so good to see you on this other side. Well, I mean, obviously we're both doing our own mental health work, but it's good to see you on your others on the other side. Cause like I came into me who I am like probably in the last like six months or so, like really solidified. And it took a long time to get there, but like Gonzo, you're, you're right. Like is who they are and like, don't like, oh, well, like I'm Gonzo, like, see you later. Um, that for me, like tracks because the, when you, when I met, first met you, you used to talk about yourself in a past tense. Like this was what I used to be into. This is what I used to do. This is what used to, this marriage used to be like. And now it's like, I hear you talking in the present of like, these are the things I like, this is who I am. I'm, I'm look at all the things I've done, like, but you, but you're humble about them. But then also like, you are a badass. I don't need to chew your own horn because you know it, but like, it's hard. It's hard. It's difficult. And I'm just really proud of you for like one, doing the work two like showing up three being here, because I, I know how hard that is to be vulnerable because I hate being vulnerable too, but also like, thank you for not sugarcoating that. Like, yeah, divorce is a spectrum where like, I, you don't have to be okay. And as you put together the pieces of your life back, um, whether it was a military relationship or whether it was a bad breakup or whether it was like something, something in your life that was very, um, to use lack of a better word, traumatic or very, um, life affirming or life changing. Um, I just think you are on the right path to like be you. I mean, the January that Scott and I knew and fell in love with, um, was so excited on their, was it your 28th, 29th birthday, 27th birthday, 28th or 29th, 28th birthday to go see, I love the nineties and yes. Oh yeah. The 28th. I think it was Yeah. Yeah. And and that was fun. (laughs) Yeah. We had a blast. Um, minus one person (laughs) and the person behind who spilled two strawberry limeritas on Scott's shoes. He was so mad. And, but, but, but those are like the memories and the, the, the things that like, you know, the bright stars. Cause like, I, it takes a long time to recode your brain is something that I realized. Like when I first left San Diego, I was like, fuck San Diego. And then, and then it took me about two months to acclimate, to be like, okay, let me recode the memories to this was positive. This was positive. This was positive. This was positive. And it it takes a while. It's so, and it's like weird because so my brother, um, is married. He got married in the last, I think they've been together four years now. I think they just had their fourth anniversary, third or fourth anniversary. And, um, after the divorce and after everything kind of settled out and I went home for Christmas that year, um, they, my sister-in-law looked at me. She doesn't know me. She's never known me at that point without Jake. Yeah. And she looked at me and she goes, you just seem like you're so much more yourself now. Yeah. Well, And I'm like, and she's like, and I know that I don't really have anything to go on, but she's like, you just feel like you are who you are now. Like she just said that, like, it just seemed that the weight was gone. Yeah. yeah. 200 pounds, you know? (laughs) Yeah. The only thing I I really want to like emphasize too, is that grief can come from divorce. You, I've been grieving my relationship for the last two years and grief is not linear. Mm -mm. There is no cool. Like today, great mood, feel great. I'm happy. I'm home. I'm with my dogs. I'm, you know, whatever, but tomorrow I could have a complete, something will trigger me and I will have a complete meltdown over something stupid because I'm still grieving that divorce. I'm still grieving the relationship that I, I mean, it was all of my twenties. I got married 
um, September of my, like I was, had just turned 20 and got divorced three weeks before my 30th birthday. So, you know, I spent the, all of my twenties with this person, all of my adult, my young adult like getting to have fun stage when I didn't get to have fun, I still get to, I still have to grieve that. And you still, that's a, and I think that that's something that people don't really understand. Um, I had my old manager at my last job absolutely did not understand this. Mm -hmm. um, she was absolutely terrible. About the year mark, she was like, okay, well, it's been a year, so you should be like, not sad. Oh, yeah, you're fine now. It's like, mm, am I? Like, that's no. not how this works. Like, I'm still really upset. I'm still grieving the fact that I'm not in a marriage anymore. I'm doing all of this on my own. I'd have to figure all this out on my own now. And I've never needed to do that, especially monetarily, because the yeah. military paid pretty decently. Like he was making pretty good money. It was the, it was the, your money was the fun money on top or yeah. help supplement, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. then it so was like, boop, no more housing loans. Bye. Yeah. So I had, I, I mean, I'm living off of just what I'm making, which isn't a lot, but I'm doing it. It feels good to be able to do that. Like I, I had relationships before I got married where I like, where money was always an issue, but then also like, I still had my own independent space. And so like your role reversing into realizing your independent space is actually a powerful tool because like now that you know your true independence without, cause I've done independent without a partner and then independent married uh, they both suck. Right. But they yeah. suck in different ways, but they're also good. Like I, I also feel like the next step or the next relationship that comes into your life or the next people you choose, you're going to be a lot more careful with and, yeah. and more cards to the chest on getting rid of the things, but you didn't know what you didn't know. And that's not your fault and no one's fault. People get married right. young and it's they separate. It's never your fault. Here's the thing, like the way you're feeling, how, like whatever's going on, your feelings are never your fault. You are allowed to feel what you want to feel and what you're, you are feeling. Yeah. You're allowed to feel those things. You, the only thing that you can't say is I can't make you feel away. Like, it's not fair for me to tell you, you should be sad. It's not fair yeah. for me to tell you that you should be over it. You're, you should just, you know, Scott's gone. Who cares? You know, oh, that's, yeah. Not, yeah. that's not okay. And you should never push your feelings onto someone else when it comes to their emotional and their yeah. mental ability. Yeah. But that, that's just like you and I are people who are able to, and this is like pretty common thread among people who've gone through a lot of stuff that we've gone through. We don't say that to someone. We don't just try and like empathize and be like, well, you know, you, you don't give the blanket statements of the thank you for your service or the, oh, that sucks. I could never do that. Or, you know, it's more of a, hey, how you doing? And if the, and if I just say not good, but I'm fine you knew like, she's not going to tell me what's up. She'll tell me what's up when she's had like a box of wine. Like right. she'll tell me what's up when she's, when she's right. had it up to like here, she'll call me and just like scream into the, but right. that's, don't, but don't that's cry. The that's the other thing. The that yeah. With mental health, don't cry. You can't push someone else. So me calling you, like when I could, like when I tell that I can tell that you're having a bad day, me calling you and be like, what's wrong. And you're yeah. like, nothing. No, something's wrong. You should tell me what's wrong. Yeah. I can tell something's wrong. That doesn't help because that almost makes it, to me, it makes it worse. Yeah. Because if I look at you, or if somebody looks at me and said, I know you're not okay. Why won't you tell me? 
Because at that point in my processing, I'm still okay. But as soon as you tell me I'm not okay, I'm not okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you put it back on. You're like, oop, I guess yeah. I'm not. And then, I, and then I'm angry that yeah. you could tell that I was not okay. And I couldn't tell that I was not okay. And I'm <laughs> going to take that out on you and not me. And that's, I need to work through that. But at the same time, like you can't expect people to just no, get open it. about what's going on in their lives all of the time. The only person, there's only two people that can do that, maybe three people that can do that to me that can look at me and go, you're not okay. Let's talk about this. And that's you, that's Kabir, and that's my friend Carrie. Oh yeah. And and that's and that's a beautiful Other, thing. And they, Everyone and needs that. But you also, all of you have done, well, Kabir hasn't necessarily, but like Carrie's also a former military spouse. She just got divorced from her husband here in the last year or so as well. Oh, wow. And it, he's still, he's still a pretty decent friend of mine. They just didn't work. It is what it is. They're all good. They're pretty amicable, whatever. But like she went through everything with me. We were there at the same time. Mm -hmm. So she knows how to word things and she knows how to say things to me that I'm going to go, okay, so this is really what's going on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't know somebody, don't, don't push, like, don't ask me what's wrong. If you don't actually care what's wrong. Yeah. And I think like, as we're like winding this down and like more sounds like sound advice and like the mental health sphere. Um, another thing too, is like, don't always go to people with your shit. Like, um, you know, cause I, I think like a lot of times people see strength in you or me or other people who've gone through a lot and we're actively doing the work and they see that and they want to like bond onto it and yeah. be like, oh, take me with you, but I'll do none of my own work. And I'm just not here for that anymore. And I know that's unpopular to say, but it's like, I've done that. I've carried you all my back. I've, I've yeah. taken you with me. I've given you the tools. You've ignored said tools. I'm now at a point where I'm like, I'd rather have people like January in my court or other strong people that I know. And when I say strong, I know it's like easy for both of us. Like, We're strong. Yeah. Well, because we had to. But it's like those people who are actively doing the work, like that's who I surround myself with. And I think like that's something beautiful this podcast has brought me is like a lot of people who come out the other side of like these hardships or things they've gone through with such clarity. And while even though it's a journey and like a work in progress, like I'm proud of the conversations I have with my friends and my guests from all around the world, just, just for, just for even showing up like that is huge. And people use my podcast as like a tool and I appreciate that. And it helps them learn a lot about themselves, which is also super awesome, but it's also like, this is a tool, but like the tool is you got to do the work. Yeah. hundred percent. And I feel like the other thing too, is like, you can't ask someone how they, how did, how do you do it? I don't understand. I could never do like that. Yeah. That, how I could never do it. How do you do it? Cause I have to, there's yeah, you no, have to. There's no other answer to yeah. that. They're literally stop asking people how they do. Things. Like there is no answer. It is. I have to, it's either yeah. don't and maybe not be here or do it and move forward. Absolutely. Like, there's, there's, there's no option there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, like I love that. And it's true. It's true. So let's leave it on a positive yeah. here. Let's talk about. <laughs> No, because I'm not saying it's negative. I'm saying, I'm saying the last question I'm going to ask you, it's out of order completely. What's currently making you happy in the world? And do you have anything you want to promote or anything cool going on in Colorado you want to talk about? Um, I mean, no, I mean, not really. Like, 
<laughs> doing. I'm part of the, I, I have a beetle. Like I said, I have my 68 beetle. Um, so I'm working on that. And we, you know, I'm part of a club. So we do a big toy drive in December um, that. where that I'm so pumped to be able to like to decorate my car and like Yay! get to do that this year. That'll be so much fun. Um, yeah, but other than that, I just, I really, I really need people to understand that therapy is okay. It's okay that you're not okay. And as long as you're doing, taking the steps to alleviate not being okay, not being okay is, is okay. But if yeah. you're just sulking into not being okay, then we need to have a different conversation. But Absolutely. I am, that is one of my biggest things. And I have been pushing it. You know, anytime somebody says anything, I'm like, have you tried talking to somebody? Have you tried going to therapy? That legitimately saved my life last year. Out, absolutely, 100%. Between having two very, very good close friends here that were constantly checking up on me and constantly making sure that I was not checking myself into a mental hospital <laughs> and therapy, I would not be here without those two things. Yeah. And I am so proud of you for being here because I, you, you, you got to do such cool stuff. I don't know. Part of me is like seeing you on the other side. One day I think you'll be sitting in the chair your therapist sits in and listening to people. Right. It'll take a lot of self-work, but you'll get there. Um, but I adore you so much. Obviously I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and, hours and my, my poor listeners would be like, are you guys going in circles? Why are you doing inside <laughs> jokes? What's happening? Shut up. Already. No, no one would say that, but I think this is valuable to my listeners. Of course, as we wind down, this is January, a dear friend of mine, someone who I admire deeply, someone who really got me through um, a very, very rough patch in my life and vice versa. Absolutely. And, um, you know, she is someone to love. I'll put her Instagram in the description. Uh, if you want to follow her, get to know her. Um, she's awesome. If you want to check out her beetle, it's adorable. I'm jealous. <laughs> it was my dream car. Scott, it's my that. dream car. So like, that was, like I said, the first thing I had to buy was yeah. my dream car. I love so it. I can and do it. And so, um, again, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome. And during the month of November, we are sharing military voices and stories just to um, basically just uh, let you in on a bigger picture of, of just kind of the ins and outs of what that can do. And I appreciate you so much, January, for sharing your story. No, I really appreciate you having me yeah, on, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, mahalo. And I will see you soon, my friend. Yeah. Bye. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>Hey weirdos, I want to share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, great human. Something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just going to start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know. Um, but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm bad at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially, officially sponsors this podcast.
If you're new here, then you probably don't know this, or maybe you do. I love Disney and I love shopping small, shopping local, and I am an inclusive podcast. Therefore, I love inclusive brands. So that is why Diamond in the Rough Clothing Company, owned by my friend Mario, is such a great brand that I have to promote it unofficially official sponsor of this podcast. Mario has actually been on my podcast in season one. He is a great human and I love him to death. He is just such a sweet, sweet human who has the funniest, the best, the cutest, cheekiest designs for Disney. Diamond in the Rough Clothing Company is just such an awesome brand owned by such a lovely human. And when you're thinking about buying from Disney brands, shop local, shop small, and shop unique. Diamond in the Rough Clothing space. That's going to be in the description of my podcast. And as always, please let Mario know that you are shopping because I told you to. Thank you. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.